0: Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on exploring the prophetic starting now. Hey, explorers, welcome to the exploring series. This is exploring the prophetic. And I'm so excited about today's show, as I always am, but I'm really excited because it's a full circle moment for me. I have Mark Verkler. Mark and Patty have founded an organization that is just all over the world. And when it comes to hearing God's voice, there's hardly anybody I know that can give a better description than Mark, who I think when I was 19 and 20, I was teaching out of his materials back in Kansas City, leading small groups and classes on hearing God's voice. And he was such an inspiration because there wasn't much theology on this back then that I related to that I trusted. And then here I am finding his materials. Well, they've now have Bible schools all over the world. And every single course is led first by hearing God's voice. It's so wild. I love it. And it's very practical. So when I say that, it's not this super spiritual version. It's like actually very practical, but very foundational to everything they teach. I love Mark. I love his stories. You're going to love him too. You're going to really relate to him. He's very relatable. He went on a journey of hearing God's voice for over 10 years. That was unsuccessful before he became successful in this subject, this theme, which many of you can relate to saying, I'm trying to hear God's voice. It's just not working for me. Well, he's going to give you some tools today. I I think just in our interview, just hearing a story that's going to maybe be your breakthrough, your tipping point in the subject, which is part of the reason. Why we do this podcast? Because we really want you guys to have tools and people's stories that help make this subject real to you and make it something that you can really relate to so you can hear God's voice powerfully to for yourself and the world around you. So come explore today with me with Pastor Mark Berkberg. My friend Sean Bowles and I wrote a book called Wired to Hear that's available everywhere books are sold. Most people don't hear the audible voice of God. That's all we think, the only way we can hear God. But we have story after story after story of people hearing the quiet, still voice of the Lord or impressions or instinct and intuition, which we write about. And we're hoping that that helps people unlock their relationship and how to hear the Lord and how to walk with the Lord. Or what does this look like when you're on set in a movie? Or what does this look like when you're a chairman or when you're in Starbucks as an employee, how do you use this place of hearing connecting to God? It's not just about evangelism. It's also about how to thrive and, and connect who Jesus is to your life, not just to do something for him, but to do something with him. So we're talking to bankers and we're talking to lawyers and doctors and people who are billionaires. We've had these amazing conversations, what God does when he speaks to somebody and it actually causes a ripple effect in their industry or causes new ideas or even career changes. It's going to change everything for you if you haven't already had this activated. Well, I get to welcome today to the show, Mark Berkler. Mark, hello. (laughs) Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And I feel kind of like I should have had other conversations with you before having you on my podcast because you and your ministry have meant so much to me for so many decades. And I cut my teeth on your prophetic materials when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Like I was learning, I didn't have, I had practice and I even had some good teaching, but not good theology. And you helped define the theology of hearing God's voice. Like, no one I know. I've, I've just been so blessed by you through the years. I'm so glad you could make it on the show today.
1: Well, Sean, thank you very much. I'm so glad to be here. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> well, take me into your journey, because I know for you, from what I've heard in the past, and also just in our show notes, that hearing God's voice wasn't an easy pursuit. <laughs> for you, which I love to hear that because people think like, well, you're interested in it. So therefore, it was probably something like, if you're a singer, Uh, and you're teaching about singing, it's because you sing so well. It's so easy. You're so interested. For you, it was like, no, I don't hear from God. And it took you a long time.
1: Well, exactly. I got saved at age 15 in a very conservative Bible-believing church. And God put an instant hunger within me to be a biblical man. And I noticed in the Bible, people heard the voice of God. Jesus lived out of the voice of God. He did only what he heard his father speaking, saw his father doing. And and so, you know, I, I began to ask for that. You know, I prayed and I said, Lord, speak to me. And I listened, and I didn't hear anything. And so I fasted and I listened, but I didn't hear anything. So I read through the New Testament and I listened and I didn't hear anything. So I asked people who could hear God's voice. I said, you know, why, You know, what's it sound like? They said, well, you just know that you know that you know that you know. I said, no, I don't know, which is why I'm asking you what it sounds like. And, that, and of course, that that. that Answer about, about drove me insane. I got so <laughs> angry. I basically backslid like three different times over this whole issue because I got such such answers that didn't answer anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I invited a traveling charismatic teacher into our church who taught on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My goal was to take him home, sit him down, and say, "Hey, tell me what does God's voice sound like." And I took him home. I sat him down, and I said, "What does God's voice sound like?" I'm desperate. He said, "Well." What most people consider the voice of God as nothing more than the subterranean rumblings of the spiritual mind. And I said, what's that? Wow, he said, well, "It's wow. just your heart rummaging around. It's not really God's voice. And I said, that's your definition for the voice of God. I was so mad. I couldn't stand it. I, I've actually given, I just said, God, there is even the people who teach on how to operate the nine manifestations of the spirit cannot define God's voice for me. And I couldn't Why? conceive that there was nobody who could define what God's voice sounds like. And I couldn't conceive that I couldn't hear it. And I mean, I tried everything, including a 40-day fast, and nothing worked. So I just put it in the back burner for 10 years, and I lived out of biblical law, which, of course, made me a Pharisee, but uh, that's what I did. But I didn't have any other choice. It's either that or not be a Christian at all. And, and then 10 years in my Christian life, I have this thought come to me why don't you spend a year of your life learning to hear God's voice? (laughs) I said, a year of my life. I said, are you kidding? You know, I I pick up a book. I assume I read it, you know, in a a couple of days or a week. And I go on to the next book. I mean, I've never, I mean, I went to college. We didn't spend a year on a topic. We spent, we had five topics every trimester. And I said, I've I've never spent a year on a topic, you know? And the second thought says, you know, you spent 10 years in diffused effort. You didn't get through. You spent one year in focused effort and you got through, it'd be the best Mm -hmm. year of your life. And I said, You're right, because if Jesus did nothing but what he heard his father speaking, and I can't hear the voice of the father, then you know what? It's worth taking a year to learn to to make Christianity work, because I really want it to work, because if it doesn't work and it's not real, fine, I'll find out what is real. But if it works, I need to find out how to make it work. So I invested a year for the first time in my life in learning one lesson, and I learned four keys to hearing God's voice. He taught them to me that year, and he taught me a second lesson. If you're ever stuck with any area, just take a year and focus on it, and you won't be stuck anymore. So every year, wow. <laughs> I ask God in January first, "Where am I stuck? Where do you want me to focus on this year, so I can take a step forward in my Christian life?" He tells me, and now it's fifty years later, and I have fifty books written. You know, one for each year. What God the, the skill that God let me master, and um, the and number one thing I
0: want to say about that, Mark, is that a lot of people are listening; they still haven't made that connection yet to hearing God's voice. And they've been given those answers that aren't totally helpful. Like you were, I mean, I know I've been given those answers and I've probably been the villain of giving those answers at times to try and oversimplify it. And somebody's going through like a really hard place of saying like, I don't get it. So can you walk us through that year of some of those encounters?
1: Sure. Yeah, I sure can. I mean, halfway through the year, the Lord actually woke me up in the middle, in the early morning, With actually a booming bass voice, which is the only time in my 69 years I've heard a booming bass voice. But he said, get up. I'm going to teach you to hear my voice. And normally his voice does not come that way. It's only happened once. And what he took me, that, that morning he took me to Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. Habakkuk is a prophet who can hear the voice of God. And in those two verses, he does four specific things. And the Lord just showed me what they were. And we've written them up in a book called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice in a video series. But the four keys are this. Uh, back, I said, I'm going to. I'm going to my guard post. So you have a, a, a prayer closet. You have a place where you go and just quiet your mind down, so you can hear God's voice. And I think most people know that, but also most people are taught, "Don't you dare steal your thoughts," because if you do, Satan can move upon you. Well, mm. so now I'm half. I'm scared to steal my thoughts. Well, I'm trying to steal my thoughts. So I need to overcome my fear and say, "Hey, look. If I ask God to speak to me, I don't have to live in fear that Satan's going to overrule God." Those who come to God must come in faith. So I took my fear, I rebuked it, I renounced it, I repented for believing that if I ask God to speak to me, Satan is going to speak because God's very clear that when we ask for his voice, he's going to give us his voice. So I rebuked my fear. I told my mind to become still. (laughs) It said, Make me. (laughs) I said, Fine. So key number two was to do the second thing Habakkuk did. He said, I'm going to keep watch to see. And I thought, In the world is he looking for? Because when I'm in prayer trying to hear God's voice, I'm not trying to see anything, I'm trying to hear. And I had no idea what Habakkuk was looking for. And so the Lord showed me. He said, You're supposed to fix your eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, the author and finish your faith. And and uh, that's what King David did. Acts 2 25. King David said, I have set the Lord at my right hand. He said, I behold the Lord at my right hand. So he's seeing the lord at his right hand psalm 16 8 which is what he's quoting he said i have set the lord Mm. at my right hand so he's beholding him but he said he set the lord there so this is not a vision this is a visualization he chose to picture what he knew to be theologically correct he true i mean god's emmanuel god with me I i can think it or i can see it If I see it, a picture is worth a thousand words. So it has a thousand times more power to impact my life and my spiritual walk than if I think it. And if I don't picture Jesus here, what I'm going to be picturing is a lie. I'm going to be picturing that there's nobody here. And that's called a vain imagination or an evil imagination. And the Bible said if you have an evil imagination, you go backwards. And sure, I'm going to go backward into fear, abandonment, uh, terror, because here I am facing life without Jesus at my side. Of course, I'll be scared, spiltless. Of course, I'm going backward. So I can have a godly imagination, which I'll define as picturing things the Bible says is true. In this case, Jesus is here with me. Or I can picture he's not, which is an evil imagination, and go back. So I have a choice of going forward and backward. I had never used the eyes of my heart intentionally ever in my Christian life, which meant Satan was using them, giving me pictures of fear, demons, the Antichrist, lust, failure. You know, I'm picturing tons of stuff and visualizing tons of stuff, but it's just all demonic. So now I'm going to choose to use the eyes of my heart intentionally to picture what the Bible says is true. So now I have a godly imagination, not an ungodly imagination. I want to go beyond imagination into a vision. So I'm going to pray Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I pray Paul's prayer. I pray that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I might know. So I said, Lord, would you please take over this scene? (laughs) And the first day, and and he did. As soon as I prayed that and put a smile on my face and tuned to flow, um, the scene came alive, Jesus gestured, and flowing thoughts came. So now I just stepped from a godly imagination into a vision by simply asking, by simply praying Paul's prayer, which, again, I went through Bible college and never prayed Ephesians 1, 17, and 18, ever, you know, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, but I'm not living these verses that are crystal clear, okay? Yeah. So it's a matter of beginning to live Scripture and do Scripture, okay? So so key number two is to learn to use vision. And key number three is to learn to recognize. God said, um, Habakkuk said, God said, uh, Habakkuk said, I'm going to um, fix my eyes. Um, what's, what's Habakkuk said? <laughs> what's Habakkuk <laughs> say? Uh, I will... To my guidepost, I'm going to keep watch to see what he will speak to me. So, what in the work? Come key three. What does God's voice sound like? Um, when he's speaking, John 7, 37 27 to 29, out of 37 to 39, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke with the spirit, flow. So when I want to tune to the Holy Spirit within, which is the one who's speaking to me, God's speaking through his spirit within. He is a river, and he is flowing, and he feels like flow. So when I have flowing mm-hmm. thoughts, they're coming from the spirit. And when I have analytical connected thoughts, 2 plus 2 is 4, they're coming from Mark's head. And when I have flowing thoughts that are demonic, they're coming from a spirit world also, but it's an evil spirit. And, you know, people are in worship and prayer, and they have this, this flowing thought drop into the mind of lust or fear or something. Well, that's just a demon talking to them. But when I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not an evil spirit, it's still a flowing thought that just lights up on my mind. And the rule is that the flow of thoughts come from the vision being held before my eyes. So if I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus right here next to me, and I got a big smile on my face, which means I'm relaxed and not striving and grunting, because I can't be grunting and hear God's voice. I have to become still, Hebrews 3 and 4, um, cease your labors enter into rest. So the only way I can enter into rest is a big smile on my face, all right? So so <laughs> if I'm not smiling, there is no chance Christianity or the anointing or the Spirit of God is going to work in my life because I'll be grunting. And grunting is religion, and it's Phariseeism, and it's self and effort, and Christianity is not about me and effort. It's about me in action. It's about Christ in action. So so I put a smile on my face. I say, Lord, would you take over this godly imagination? Would you bring it alive? I tune the flow. The first time I did this, I was picturing John 4, Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, I pictured myself sitting there in the well next to Jesus. I asked the spirit to take it over. And Jesus in this scene, he came alive and he gestured. Wow. And as he gestured, a spontaneous flowing thought came into my mind, which was very good. <laughs> it was very simple. Um, it was love unconditionally. So my eyes and wrote down the words love unconditionally because I was asking him about a teenage girl who was very rebellious. We'd taken her into our home as a foster, like a foster child, just not through the state. And she's breaking all the rules, and I just wanted to punch her out in Christian love, you know. And, <laughs> and I, I journaled about it that morning, and God said, love her unconditionally. And the second time I looked back at the vision, um, the thought that came, she's very insecure. Well, she's a runaway girl, ran away from her home. We'd taken her to ours home yeah, she probably is insecure and she probably doesn't need to be punched out. She probably needs to be held and hugged so her insecurity can be healed by the loving grace of Jesus. So that's wonderful counsel from the wonderful counselor, totally correcting the behavior I was going to do in relation to this child wow. and making me a much better parent. Also made me a much much better husband because I learned not to punch anybody out. I learned to, to love people instead of hitting, hitting them all the time. And so you know what changed everything changed in my life i mean one of the one of the books that i wrote is 49 lines repented of when i learned to hear god's voice because wow. it's 100 pages of my journaling which brings us to key number four god says to habakkuk he says inscribe the vision so this this flowing pictures and these flowing thoughts begin to write them and i explained to god that that was a terrible idea and, and i think when god has terrible ideas you just let him know so he can f- fix the Bible next time he rewrites it, you know, and I'm sure he appreciates my two cents, you know? So, And I said, here's why it's a terrible idea. I hate English. I hate writing. I hate grammar. I hate spelling. My prayer time doesn't work. If I have to write it out, it'll be doubly dead. And um, God said, you know what? If your approach isn't working so well, just try mine. So I said, fine, I'll just try it to prove it's not going to work in my case. So I closed my eyes, pictured Jesus next to me, put a smile on my face, asked him a question, tuned to flow, and I wrote a paragraph from flow. And I thought, what in the world is this? So I took it to my wife, Patty, and she read it. And she said, well, that's God talking to you. Now, my wife is more spiritual than I am, more loving than I am, smarter than I am. I'm married really well. What can I say, you know? (laughs) And so Patty said, that's God. And my faith level went through the roof because I had never had a course or a sermon saying, have faith in flow which happens to be pretty close to the center of Christianity. If there's a river that flows within, and those who come to God must believe, if you don't believe, it's a river that's flowing. If you don't believe, there's a flow within, flowing thoughts and flowing pictures. And if you don't believe it's the voice of God, you're not going to move in the anointing. It's as simple as that. And I'd never heard a sermon on that. Well, I, we, I preach sermons on that all the time now. That's the heart of, very close to the heart of Christianity. So um, my faith went up. I went back to my office, I did the same four keys again. I quieted myself down, pictured Jesus next to me, put a smile on my face, asked him a question, tuned to flow, wrote another paragraph. Mm -hmm. Took it back to Patty. She said, that's still God. My faith went up again, and I went back into the four keys again. Took it to Patty. She said, it's still God. I did that all day. I mean, I had spent 10 years wanting to find his voice, and I find it as simple as quieting myself down, fixing my eyes in Jesus, tuning to flow, and writing. Man, if somebody could have said that sentence to me 10 years sooner, I could have done it 10 years sooner, but no one could spit that sentence out of their mouth. And I sure hope every one of your listeners learned to say that sentence. Hearing God's voice is as simple as quieting yourself down, fixing your eyes on Jesus, tuning to spontaneity, and writing. Because if they can say that, if they can do it and say it and live it, they can teach people how to hear God's voice, and they can hear God's voice for the rest of their lives
0: so this has been such a pillar for how you teach and how you because you guys have a bible school and this this encounter that you had with god i mean little did you know that you were actually going to be a a resource center for the world you were actually going to export this (laughs) around the world and and i think it's really unique that you went through a 10-year history of a drought and then like not even knowing and then have one encounter of how to do this and it turned into like I'm going to teach the world. How did, how did you go from one step to, I'm going to go after this now. That Everybody needs to do this.
1: <laughs> well, um, I taught it to my church initially. That was the first time, the first thing I did. And you know what? The first time you teach anything, you don't do it so well. <laughs> yes. I <do> <laughs> and I actually used some words that weren't the coolest words in their vocabulary because, you know, I learned some of these keys, like the key of vision. I learned it from the Catholic charismatics. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they easily use the word mysticism, which I thought, gee, I could just use that word. Well, no, you can't use that word in <laughs> Protestantism. Because <laughs> they say, oh, bad, that's very bad. And I said, no, Webster says mystical means spirit to spirit encounter. And Christianity sure believes in that. And they said, no, you can't use that. So, so the church I was pastoring asked if I could just resign. So I ended up oh, resigning. And I got picked up by a, a large church, Full Gospel Tabernacle. And I began teaching this in their Bible school and then they had to set up church-centered bible schools around the world and we set up hundreds of them now and and this teaching which was initially called communion with god and then it was called uh, how to hear god's voice and now it's called four keys to hearing god's voice um we've taught it in all those several hundred bible schools and now we have a university christian leadership university which has put the voice of god in the center of every single course, every single week, and say, hey, the only valid learning is that which comes by revelation knowledge, wonderful counsel from the wonderful counselor, because our thoughts aren't his thoughts. So you don't live out of your head. You have yeah. the mind of Christ. And the way you get the mind of Christ is you picture Jesus next to you, you ask him questions, you put a smile on your face, you tune to flow, and flow guides the reasoning process. And when that's happening, it's the mind of Christ. So how about a university where that's what you do every week in every course? Oh, my God. One 100 courses, 129 nations, 15,000 students, and three of our courses on prophetic are your material, Sean. Okay.
0: I, you guys have just now told me this after, I think I, I found it last <laughs> year, after you've been using it for a while. I was so shocked because it's so funny because I think of back and when I was really learning how to hear from God. Now, I had some experiences like you talked about the booming voice of God when he came. That aren't replicatable. That you, those have to happen by God's original uh-huh. design will for uh-huh. your life. But I knew that there was more. I knew that I could access God, and so I remember reading your book, and I did a lot of the two-way journaling, uh-huh. and I practiced the four steps. And I would just, and I'd be like, "Wow!" When I get into that flow state, that place with God, wow! Like I, I can trust what I'm hearing. That it's not just my intention or my will. I, like it is so euphoric in a way when it happens and it's almost scary because you're like wow I just tapped into God and it's like every time but for me the flow of just having impressions and instinct intuitions just these feelings from God giving God place for that the way that you have given us courage to do for a number of years and saying that the process doesn't have to be just one way but it's actually a lot easier than we think (sighs) it helped me a whole bunch I think a lot of listeners right now are going, "What?" Is it really that simple? Can I really practice this? And I guarantee you can, because if I can hear from God regularly now, not just mm-hmm. when there's a visitation or an encounter, but I listen to Him even in the dry times, I've never run out of hearing from God. I've never gone through a wilderness where God doesn't speak. I've gone through a wilderness where He doesn't answer what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Many times. <laughs> but and I've never gone been- through where He feels far from me because that's His promise yeah. I'll always be near. Yeah. And I love your theology because it, it, it's so inclusive to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my grandkids, uh, they can hear God's voice. I got grandkids, uh, Becca, when she was eight, she was hearing God's voice and journaling, writing down what she was getting, emailing me or journaling. Wow. If kids can do it, we can do it. If we can become childlike, and those four things are incredibly childlike. Yeah. You got to set ahead your set aside your reason, your logic, your fear, and your doubt, and just believe Christianity is real. Believe he's here. See him here. Put a smile on your face. Tune to flow. and be, and. And believe that there is a river that flows from the throne of God into your heart and out through any faculty that you yield to flow. So if I yield my lips to flow, I can speak the oracles of God. If I yield my vocal cords to flow, I can speak in tongues. If I yield my mind to flow, I can have the mind of Christ. If I lay this hand on a person and yield to flow, I can feel energy and heat go through it and miracles can happen. So every faculty is yielded to flow and at that point becomes Jesus in action.
0: You know, it's really interesting because I have an artist friend. You would love her. Her name's Josie Lewis, and she's had over a billion views of her art online. So she's a very famous social media artist, and it's all very mainstream stuff. She doesn't do like prophetic art, but everything is done out of her spirit. And she was asked to do from TED Talks, she was asked to do a TED Talk on flow state because she talks about it. When she does talk, she talks about flowing, but it's really the spiritual process with Jesus. Yeah. So she did this flow state talk and talked about how all all humanity was made to live out of a place of flow state. And we were made to do things, whether it's washing dishes or whether it's, you know, um, doing art or whether it's prayer, that there's a place of flow we can get into. That's actually our United state with God, how we were supposed to, you know, his original intention for us. And it was so impacted me. And I love being refreshed with your teaching right now, because I feel like there's this place that, we have to have the courage to go to that you had the courage to go to and believe in. It's that that's raw, simple faith to say, this is what God promised this connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to tap into it. And I have a responsibility to practice this. Yes. Not, it's not going to come to me. There's those moments of visitation, but I have a responsibility as a believer to not just read the Bible, not just pray, but to yeah. commune with God. Yes. And that's that part that, you know, Protestantism when we were, you know, Martin Luther nails his thesis, he says we're justified by our own faith, but he only defined it really with the reading the Bible and prayer. He didn't really define it with communing with God or connecting to yeah. God the way that I right. think you're helping to restore one of the tenets of our faith. That should be central. Tell me this is where we, we have a few minutes left. Um, tell me one of your favorite God stories now that you've learned how to listen to God. And you've really, it's been decades now. What is one of your favorite times that God's voice showed up, either for your family or the ministry or your wife? Tell me a story.
1: Okay. Well, we were in Toronto. We were driving towards Toronto on an expressway on a Saturday night. Um, we had been out for 10 days on a trip looking at, um, with another family, um, looking at moving into Christian community because that had interested us back 40 years in our, ago in our life. And Saturday night, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and I have this thought come to me through flow. <laughs> you know, late on, in the evenings, on weekends, there's drunk drivers in the road you ought to be aware. You know, I'd read that in the reader's digest, you know, sometime years ago, and it just came to me by flow, just popped in. That was obviously the voice of God saying, Become aware. And I checked up my mirror, and sure enough, there's a car zooming towards me, veering back and forth in the road. And I thought, whoa, ho, ho, this looks like a drunk driver to me. And so I slowed down, pulled off the road into this, you know, on the side. He goes zooming by. He hits the car, sideswipes the car in front of me, spins around and ends up facing me stopped on the on the highway. On the sun. Wow. And the gentleman behind me in the car, who was a deacon in our church, at the same time that I had that thought to look in the mirror, he had a thought come to him by flow, which was that he should pray for protection for us. So he's in the backseat praying for protection. I'm checking out my mirror. Two words of knowledge and wisdom from God that protected us from an accident on a throughway. I mean, it's priceless. It's actually that is, priceless.
0: <laughs> that's why we want this connection. That's why it's yeah. so valuable. Yeah. Well, Mark, you are a living legend in my heart, and I just want to honor you. But I also want people to get a hold of your material. So what's the best website for everyone to connect to?
1: Okay, so go to our main website, which is cwgministries.org. That stands for communion with God, Ministries, which is plural, dot .org, O-R-G. And um, right there on the homepage, you're going to find um, Four Keys. You'll find a place you can click on the Four Keys. You click on that, it'll give you a free hour to, up to me teaching on it. It'll give you our book on the Four Keys. It'll give you 10 hours of video that you can order from us if you'd like. We have courses, classes, and we have five other websites, which you can go to. We have 600, <laughs> we have 600 blogs of mine on that website that you're all free to access. We have, we have so much free stuff. I mean, so you, you can, so you can get you a college because- education.
0: You've become, like I said, a resource center. You are your own Bible college, just out of, <laughs> of your spirit. And uh, it's just so encouraging that, you know, I'm I'm looking, at I'm 47. And when I was 18, 19, and 20, I was teaching out of your materials that have only gotten better through time. And I just want to say thank you.
1: Well, Sean, thank you so much for having me with you. Thank you for what you've written. We're glad to have three of your courses in our university so we can bless the world with the revelation God has given to you.
0: Thank you so much. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation, and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you'll receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com, where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.